We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. Do another edition of the Rock Belt Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. And that's Buffalo Bill, season ticket holder, Joe Miller. See? Part, part two. Look, here's what I like <laughs> Joe is an older gentleman. He's a little more uh, seasoned. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Than us? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Here's what I love, Chris <laughs> Valentine's Day. Uh oh. Valentine's Day was yesterday. It was. Now, I was under the assumption that we were recording yesterday, like usual, on Wednesdays. Valentine's and then Day. I got told, no, Thursday. I'm like, no. oh, okay. I mean, but I'm open to do it last night. Joe. Yes, sir. If you had said, now I know that you, t- you tweet, you know, over to where can people follow you on Twitter? Joe Miller Wired. So when people find your twitter feed what they're gonna find is a lot of content about how much you love your family very much so yes about your wife Mm -hmm. and how happy you are girl dad hashtag girl dad yep so for valentine's day what would your wife had said if you had said hey honey this is amazing hey honey i'm gonna go do a podcast with two other idiots in a basement (laughs) this setup is amazing so first of all let me start with saying that my wife respects uh, this whole thing that we do, um, largely because it pays for our family vacations, right? So we don't make a living, we don't make yeah. mortgage payments, like, but it does pay. It's it's enough money when it comes to ads and different things like that that it, it gives you the ability to supplement vacations, which vacationing for my family is important. So let me start that and the answer to that question with this: I work trip. I uh, I travel a lot for work. I work for a company called Talus which is uh, the third largest military contractor in the world, but I work in the IT security division, uh, and I travel a bunch. So I had to be in Tampa on Tuesday. So literally, I had to be in Tampa on Tuesday, flying home Wednesday, so I'm not home for Valentine's Day morning, of which I have a wife of 23 years in May, and I have two girls, two daughters, 14 and 17, McKenna and Addison, which normally when they wake up on Valentine's Day, they've got... Yep. Ifs. There's there's dead with so, stuff. So you better believe that, like, even though I was not there Wednesday, they came down surprised <laughs> to find that their gifts and flowers and cards and candy and all that stuff because I am their Valentine. 
they're 14 and 17. They're they're my babies. And my wife also had rose. So everything was my wife had to help, but everything was there. But to now to answer your question, to add on top of that, I'm not gonna be there Valentine's Day morning. So honey, I need you to take care of that. And oh, by the way, I'm not gonna be there Valentine's Day night either. My plane lands at two. I'm going right to Chris's house. <laughs> We're gonna get lit and talk about the Buffalo Bills. I'll be home probably after you're asleep. <laughs> That would have been a no-go. I wouldn't have seen 23. See? <laughs> now, Chris, let this be a lesson to you as you as you vault forward towards your uh, impending nuptial. Like, uh, when, when do you read the vows? What day? Next month. Yeah. Here's the thing. I didn't get an invite, Chris. I'm sorry. We have, a, we have a limit. That's a lie. Drew, Drew was an invite from Jessica. Yeah, he we didn't had, invite me. We had Jess had to fight to get me on the list. We had uh, probably because she he doesn't want you there with your shirt off. But no, we had settled on <laughs> that's fair. We settled on a target at fifty invites. So then my brain goes, okay, twenty five aside. My family is twenty nine, so that's who I'm inviting. Whatever you want to do after that. Go right on. Go right on so ahead. The, the best part about that story is my family. We had a limited number as well, and they eliminated themselves because we did not have a we did not have an open bar. It was a cash bar. So there was a number of my family members, Millers. There was a number of Millers who were like, the, "It's not an open bar. We're not coming. We're not coming." <laughs> it's like solving itself. This is perfect. <laughs> I've heard of people doing destination weddings to try to solve that problem. That's a good one. You're like, listen, if you don't have a couple bucks to shill out, then guess what? <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to have a sweet wedding next month. We bought all of uh, Potter's stuff from his wedding, <laughs> and we're just going to reuse it. <laughs> I, I so, can't wait for her and him to both fight you. I feel like, I can't wait for the day that it happens. I feel like I need to qualify what I said because people are probably like, what do you mean you had a wedding without an open bar? So my family is prolific for being out of control. Yes. Like, so like when 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 the when the bride or groom from the opposite family, they're all gone. The entire Millers are still there and we're like in lines like singing at each other. Like it's just get and there's fights, like it gets out of control. So it was like the first thing we thought 22 years ago was like, yeah, we're going to do a cash bar. Just cash keep, bar. Keep it under control. Rain it in. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, very much. Uh, guys, it is funny seeing the difference between all of our relationships. Like, I'm <laughs> I, I, I'm a decade in. I'm nine years in. He's about to get married for the second time. You've been married for... Long time. Almost longer than he's, like, been able to grow facial hair, like... <laughs> He didn't have he didn't have hairs on his peaches when I got married. Yeah, like this is this is it. Well, when we get when we get married, because my uh, mom and dad and my brother and sister in law are such church people. Yeah, we're gonna show up at Joe's church, and it's on the Sunday. It's, it's after, and, and I am I am scheduled to be on the stage singing. So you will get to see me in in, in the other side of what. So a lot of people don't know that I've been a professional musician for. 25 years so i was former recording artist like i had a recording contract like when i was younger like yeah did the tour thing the whole the whole the whole i'm on are iTunes. you gonna be doing i'm on itunes and all cover that i yeah. want covers of pillar and red please <laughs> so i've done shows with pillar not red um but uh yeah that that goes back uh, a long time ago so, yeah, a million million <laughs> i like years. that he knows your catalog he does know yeah so <laughs> pillar was a good pillar was a good band so yeah they were uh, inter- interesting dudes it, it's a weird group we have in, in studio tonight. <laughs> it's a weird group, but it's it's a great place to start this because the Super Bowl just happened and it's over and we can all just kind of exhale. Now, you and I were talking about this off air before we started. Isn't this kind of like New Year's Eve for football fans or at least for Bills fans, guys who like season ticket holders, people who are dug into this stuff? Right. The thing that you find is that when your whole life revolves around, not whole life, and that sounds stupid to say because (laughs) my whole life revolves around football. It does not. It doesn't. But when there's a part of my life that revolves around every Sunday or at least every other Sunday, I'm busy. I'm away from my family for 10 hours a day. And then you've just got the the grind of like, okay, weekly podcast, recap, post-game, pre-game, all of this stuff. 
and all the stuff you're doing in between and how your thoughts are racing. You're like, well, should I watch Thursday Night Football? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is this Monday Night Football game worth watching? And then suddenly all of it ends. It's gone. Yeah. And there's there's just this this silence. Quiet. It's quiet. And it's, it's like New Year's Eve. It's quiet. For anybody who's dug into football it's, the way it's, we are. It's literally, and if you're from Buffalo, been to Buffalo, you understand this. Or some great snow areas, but Buffalo primarily. We all know, Chris knows this, Drew knows this, everybody from Buffalo knows, that one snow, it's usually one of the first ones of the year where the snowflakes are really big and there's no wind, and you go out the front door just to see it, it's nighttime, and it's just silent because yeah. the snow is blocking the blocking the sound. And it's literally just like, you're just watching the snow come down. Yep. And that's it. <laughs> and that's exactly the dynamic that I, I got feel chills. right now about the NFL. I got chills thinking about that. It's over. Yep. Now, we all kind of watched the Super Bowl, I think. I watched it. I mean, I, I, I did, but I didn't. I watched it. I... Iman and I. I wasn't gonna watch it. I saw that on Twitter. You I've, missed, like, I I've missed one Super Bowl. I missed the. I've missed. I missed the Patriots Atlanta Falcons one because I was in Cancun and I was like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. Like, I no, can, I'm in Cancun. This is amazing. Well, normally I would, but it was the Patriots again, and I was like, this yeah. is all the reason for me to not watch it, and I didn't watch it. So this Sunday, Iman and I. Iman showed up around noon. We got a late start for the Coke we wanted to have. Shout out to Iman, by the way, former uh, longtime sponsor of the Off Tackle with John Fiena show. And I know. And that's what I love is that now I'm a part of it. And I love that that's a thing where I get to go up to Fiena and be like, hey, thanks, bud. (laughs) And he has no idea why. He's like, damn it. I didn't know we were supporting this guy. (laughs) Right. So he shows up around noon. We get everything fired up. We cook all afternoon, but that's our ritual. He and I hang out in my backyard, or we hang out together, and we cook. And it's like a tailgate, but it's just us. And we talk about life. We talk about everything. And we pump out a lot of great food for the Super Bowl party, some of it for lunch. Mm -hmm. We always have guests kind of coming in and out, kind of hanging out. Because you get the people who can't come to your Super Bowl party, but who show up? Like, hey, I'll come hang out for an hour to hang out with you and Iman because there's stuff coming off the grill. Right, right. And it's become like a staple of how I watch the Super Bowl. There's two phases. There's the little bit of game I watch, and then there's how I actually choose to spend my day. Interesting. And it gets shorter and shorter, my Super Bowl watching, every year. Mm -hmm. Every year the Bills aren't in it, it gets smaller and smaller. And this year I think I cared the least out of any of the Super Bowls that have happened. This year, I cared so little that my wife was like, so we're having a Super Bowl party, right? And I was like, no, we're not. What, what, what are we going to do? I'm like, nothing. Nothing. We're going to be at home. And literally, I think I, I smoked a couple chickens and right made some bean dip. And it was just me and her and my daughter. And that was it. I filled my house with 20 people. I talked to most of them over the course of the night. I didn't see the football game happening in person until the middle of the second quarter. It was a it was a it was a pretty good football game. It was wildly predictable. Wildly predictable in a lot of senses. Yes. Did you finish off that freezer door old fashioned I left you? Yeah, you Not- should have made me another one. Are you talking to me or are you talking to Drew? I was talking to Drew. No, oh. Drew made he, Chris made a whole bottle. I have, a, I have a cinnamon stick and a giant ice cube. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this thing. <laughs> you drank it too fast. I, I did, it was good. You stop making great cocktails, Chris. Look at you. You've you've now jumped the shark. That's right. And now that's right. We might have to pause this show. So, <laughs> what happens is, I'm here. I'm drinking with people. I'm hanging out, and I realize the game is going by, and I realize I don't care. Yeah. I don't care that I'm missing the game action. And everyone goes, oh, hey, you didn't miss anything. It's 3 nothing at the end of the first. <laughs> I was like, oh, awesome. And then I come in just in time to see uh, Travis Kelsey screaming at Andy Reid. He body checked him. about took him down. If it was any other player. I, I, you don't even have to bring race into it if it was any no, other player. Any other player doing that to a coach. It would have been a problem. It would have been a problem. Oh, he just really wants to win. Can you imagine, Chris? That if, happening to Stefan Diggs? If Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs, Diggs came out. over. 
in the middle of that Kansas City Chiefs game against Buffalo at home, he came over, arms out, just chest bumped Sean McDermott and started yelling in his face. Yeah. How do you think that would have ended? Oh, it would have been. I think McDermott would have just fought. It would have been easy because it would have put in like, I would expect because McDermott wrestles, so Cobra Clutch or Million Dollar Dream right to the ground, puts him right out using his wrestling skills. I'm not sure that it would have ended any different. I think you get McDermott or Allen at the podium saying he just really wants to win, but the media narrative... Would have been different. Would have been enormous. And but for Kelsey, it's just he just really wants to win. Meanwhile, he disrespected his coach amazingly. He disrespects his coach and then also disrespects the song Viva Las Vegas. He sucks. <laughs> Don't sing. Stop it. You're awful. Do not ever sing in public again. Hey. You are literally dating a billionaire who's rich because she sings. Chris, Chris, don't bring him on March twenty fourth. I don't want him to judge me. <laughs> Oh, no, he's not coming. <laughs> Tell me that you're not going to allow him to sing ever again. It needs to be, if him and Taylor Swift are ever going to get married, it has to be a part They're of the They're not reason. getting married, bro. No, this is a media proposition, and there's a lot of money tied up in it, and it's it's mutually advantageous. I just want to know how a devil nice. worshiper ended up in the suite with her. Like, what is up with that? Ice well, Spice and all of her, like, like. Baphomet symbols and inverted cross stuff. Like, what is happening? I don't even know what an ice spice is. Of course you don't. It's a woman with blonde hair. Like, I don't like. Here's what woman? I love. I don't know who she is either. Here's what I love is that Jason Kelsey got so drunk that he almost fell into the bushes. Like, there's a there's a clip <laughs> circulating the internet <laughs> where it's Travis Kelsey looking suave and he's trying to put his jacket over Taylor Swift as they're walking around, like, down this flight of stairs. <laughs> and then there's just Jason Kelsey dressed up like a part of the Insane Clown Posse who's about to fall into some trees. You're talking about a guy that was shirtless in Buffalo so, <laughs> while his brother was on the field playing against the team of the city he was in. That looks like today I saw a Pro Football Talk article about how Jason Kelsey's very unlikely to unretire. It's like, no, that's not the behavior of a guy who's going to unretire. He's bombed in public and doesn't give a shit. And then he went on a, his own podcast with his brother and basically said, that fan base is way better than yours. He said, they're the best fan base in football. Yes. <laughs> Because realistically, they're fans. Well, I will say, hey, can we have a moment of solidarity for them? Hey, listen, they're going through a lot right now. They are going through a lot right now. It's, let's... Media, media narratives aside, they're going through a lot right now. They're going through a lot right now. So with it in mind, I didn't see any of the Super Bowl. Wow. Except for the end. This is going to be a short conversation. Well, except for the end, <laughs> where I saw the second half. Well, I watched the second half, and I go... Well, then you did see some of it. I will say this. I watch the second half, and I go, oh, they're not moving the ball? All right, well, then I'm going to get out of here because Kansas is going to win this. And I come back and go, ah, the game's still tied. All right. Or, oh, the game's still close. Cool. All right. And then I'd leave, and I'd go do some more dishes, or I'd try to police some stuff up, or I'd talk to people. Right, right. And then we get there, and we're in the fourth quarter, and I go, why the hell are we still in this place? What happened to the 49ers? And we go down this road of where things came off the rails. And I started to have this thought. Sean McDermott. Shanahan. Slamming their running back into the defensive line over and over and over. Can we have this conversation? Are we ready to have this conversation <laughs> about the fact that Shanahan and McDermott aren't really that different? They're not. They're different coaches on different sides of the ball. They're both thought to be very smart people for different reasons. For sure. And at the same time, when you get to big moments, it doesn't matter. Right. Both of them piss down their leg when it matters. Same theme in their losses. They got out-executed by their counterpart on the opposing team. You can say out-coached. This is it. You got out-coached. So for Shanahan, it was Spagnolo. For Sean McDermott, it was Andy Reid. Yeah. And that team just vexes both of you. Yeah, pretty much. You have no, You have no business being in this game. You're happy. You're happy to be there. Yep. But you're not going to beat them. Yeah, but Shanahan, everything. I mean, Romo even talked about it. Everything in him was working to not have this happen again. Yep. Right. Sure. So. Right up until it didn't, and then you watched them go pass, 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 and you go, "Why the hell is McCaffrey here then? 
that game overwhelmingly just seemed like it was too big for Brock Purdy. I, I remember Brock. Of course I, it is, because he's Brock Purdy. Well, hang on a second. Let's, <laughs> let's, give, some, let's give some respect. So the first I, no I, I was I was watching the first game that Brock Purdy played, and I was wildly surprised at the windows. He was like, dude comes off the bench and is throwing the football into tight windows with anticipation. I was like, this kid can play football. He's not athletically gifted like Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, no. Justin Herbert, these guys. But the kid can play football. He understands things about football that like a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, Mitch Trubisky, like these guys don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like he can play. But very much so. That that game got really big for him really fast, especially with the blitz coming at him. Like there was just a lot of stuff that yes, when you've got Christian McCaffrey on your team, Brandon Ayuk on your team, Debo Samuel on your How team. How are you not making more George well, Kittle on your hurt. team? Samuel got hurt and then came back into the game. Well, oh, they gave him a shot, right? They gave him the same yeah. shot that they gave Sam Martin. But like literally when when Tony Romo, and we all know this, Tony Romo says when the blitz comes, that space is vacated. That's where the ball goes. The fact that Brock Purdy didn't know that is a problem. And this is where I go, they took them to overtime. Yeah. And then, so, so if I'm trying to make a corollary between McDermott and Shanahan, so you you both kind of shit your pants in big moments. <laughs> you have the same theme. And then also, you do the same predictable thing when you're trying to cover your own ass, which is you held the Kansas City Chiefs at 19 points in the Super Bowl, and then you come out afterwards and announce you fired your defensive coordinator. Yeah, but let, yeah, but there's there's other there's other aspects of that, which is that in sure. is it seven? And I don't know what the number is. There's some ridiculous. It's either three or seven playoff games to include Super Bowls. The Kansas City Chiefs have not been called for a holding penalty. Sure. And the amount of holding that you're was never going to beat that, that, right? Like so you're not going to beat that because it's not scripted for you to beat that. But what I don't understand is why you, as a coach, fire your defensive coordinator. After your team scored nine, well, that's that's a whole yes. Some, somebody has to, and so this is where this conversation kind of thematically comes full circle for, sure. for me. Because I look at this and I go, okay, the Wilkes firing seems wholly undeserved for the moment. Doesn't mean he doesn't didn't deserve to be fired at some point this season if he was doing a bad job. But at the same time, you were the number one seed in the West, and your defense won you a lot of games mm. and then you faltered here on the doorstep of overtime like on the doorstep do i need to remind you that you're a season ticket holder for a team that lost a game to the denver broncos for having 12 men on the field yep. during special teams and then you f- and they fired the offensive coordinator fired the offensive coordinator <laughs> and you go wait did, thank god and, thank and god you, they fired him but but you go wait a minute am i living like what alternate reality do I live in where that's his fault? And he then, still has a job, by the way. And then you look at Wilkes and you go, This guy did the best job he could in a Super Bowl. Yes, did he have bad play calls? Sure. So did the offensive coordinator. Bad, yeah, horrible. But you can't fire the head coach. You can't fire the head coach. If he's the offensive coordinator. That's right. So somebody has to pay for this and it becomes the coordinator. Now, this is just another hallmark of what I think is mediocre coaches. You blame an underling for your failings because somebody has to be the fall guy. Mm-hmm. Now, when I think about this, Bills fans, including myself, have been hard on McDermott for a lot of things. And a lot of the most are deserved. Some of it isn't. One of those things is this idea that Oh, well, he keeps shuffling offensive coordinators because they all hate him and he's too controlling and whatever. Now, how about this? There is a tweet, and this is what got me thinking about it. Today, Joe Marino tweeted out, Shanahan discipled defensive coordinator history, including 2024. I saw this tweet, yeah. McVay has had four defensive coordinators in eight years. That's right. Shanahan has had four in eight years. LaFleur has had three in six years. McDaniel has had three in three years. Yeah, it was like two point something for normal normal defensive coordinators and one point six for for uh two point six yeah. is the average tenure. Or two point six, that's what two point six years is the average yeah. tenure for a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Shanahan disciples are coming in at one point seven nine. Mm, which, yeah, right, right. Which shows you that they turn over that position more than anybody else. That's right. 
Well, here we are talking about the Buffalo Bills and McDermott and how, oh, well, Dable left because he's a jerk and blah, 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 blah. I'll say this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You look at the Bills, they have four offensive coordinators in seven seasons. Mm -hmm. That's 1.75 offensive coordinators (laughs) per season. Yeah, but one of them was one. And one one of them was one. And do you know who that was, Chris? Dennison. And do you know why? (laughs) Do you remember the day when we were at the stadium during that heat wave game where I lost? That's That's when that guy got covered in my sweat. Yeah. Did you hug him? No, although I did threaten that. So two part real quick. Uh, We're in the stands watching Bills Broncos at home. It's the hottest game in the stadium. They've run out of bottled water. They're just giving tap water out by like for free to anybody who can line up for it. Rick Dennison calls a pass. It's third and six. And there's a pass play where all three wide receivers end up within five yards. None of them know. Like, you can see their reactions. Like, what are you doing here? Right, right. It's the Spider-Man thing where they're all pointing at each other. Yeah, everyone's like, you shouldn't be here. You should be. And I look at the offensive coordinator. I go, you're a fucking boob. You are the only person I can blame for this. I'm living. And so I scream that and I throw my hands out and sweat just comes flying off me. And it hits the guy right in front of me. And he, like, stops. And he turns, and I go, hey, it's not spit. He goes, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel better. And then 20 minutes later, we're in the tunnel, and we're waiting for water, and I'm letting people with children cut me because they're children. Now, mind you, I'm lambasting their parents. Drew, a man of the people. No, no. I'm, but here's where I'm garbage. <laughs> I'm letting your children cut me, but the entire time that you as the adult are in front of me, I'm talking shit to you about what a terrible adult you are. (laughs) Like, what, do you don't know that these kids could die out here like this? (laughs) Knock it off. Be better. And from somewhere in the back, some guy just yells out, you let one more person cut, I'm going to come up there. (laughs) And I turned around. Now I'm shirtless, and I'm just glistening. I'm like a glazed ham at this point. And I turn around. That's not a good sight. And I'm just like, and I've got, and my back hair is thick because I haven't shaved it. So it's a hairy, it's a hairy glazed. <laughs> and I turned around and I was like, one more word, I'll come hug you. And he's like, I'm going to drop my pants and I'm going to hug you in front of all these people. And there was just a moment of silence. And then one guy started laughing and everyone laughed. And it was like, ah, see, it's a joke. We're all having fun out here, right? Because the alternative is really disturbing. <laughs> the alternative. <laughs> And everyone's like, he won't do it, but maybe he will. So let's just all make this nice. Yeah, they probably knew you. They're probably like, yeah, he'll do it. Rick Dennison ruined the Buffalo Bills that first year. Oh, yeah. And he was summarily fired. Yep. Now, when you go past it, if you remove Rick Dennison from the equation. You had Ken Dorsey at one year and a half. You have three offensive coordinators in six years, which is two per season. Right. That's... Not terrible if you like if you, one of them was three. One of them was three. Mm-hmm. And the other guys have just kind of fluctuated. Yeah, another one was six months and he isn't fired. And we'll see where it goes. Now, what I'll say is this. It's not as bad as his NFL counterparts. Look at what's going on in Miami on the opposite side of the ball with defensive coordinators. Yeah. Look at Miami. I put it out there. 
they've had like let me see if I can find the tweet. Yeah, I did I did bookmark that. The Dolphins since 2007 have had five offensive head coaches. Five. Sperano, Philbin, Gates. Campbell, right? Was it interim? Campbell, yep. Cam Cameron. Yep. Chris, you loved Cam Cameron. One in 15. <laughs> One in 15. I like how he knows that just off the cuff. He's like, that guy sucks. <laughs> Random Dolphins information. Random Dolphins has. info. Over the span of that, right? If you exclude Flores, because he was his own defensive coordinator. Yes. So if you cut him out, they had nine different defensive coordinators over a 14-year span. They just hired their 10th. They're averaging 1.5 seasons for a defensive coordinator. That's probably why the and, Dolphins aren't a good football team. And that's over 14 years. Well, they're years. a good football team, but they're not able to finish when it's And point. that's the point. Yeah, yeah. Like, you see the shuffle, and I get it. Where when you're in that knee-jerk reaction of we lost and we all feel bad and yeah. we're fired up, we have to make a move. I I think less of Shanahan now. Having seen that firing going, that's a it's soft. A little knee-jerk. It's knee-jerk, and what it is is it's almost blame-shifting. But we don't know what happened behind closed doors, which also speaks to the Dable situation, right? We don't know necessarily what happened behind closed doors. No. The reality is, is Brian Dable is not Steve Spagnolo. He's not a guy that's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just sit here as a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator forever. Like Dable wanted to be a head coach, right? So, yeah. And but there's also an aspect of we don't know what happened behind closed doors when you consider the fact that Dable was reaching out to people, going, "Hey, is there an opportunity for me to come out there if I don't get a head coaching job?" So, um. I don't, I, there's there's a lot of shapeshiftery stuff that happens with Sean McDermott. Um, one of those, you know, if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring up a, a in context a, a perfect point, the Buffalo Bills, I believe it was 2019, lost to the Cleveland Browns because we didn't run the football. The Browns were the worst run defense in football. Their ground game was working, and for some reason we started throwing the football afterwards. Sean McDermott, if you remember, came out and said we need to run the football more and that problem has been corrected which basically means i had to come to jesus meeting with the offensive coordinator we're going to start running the football more and they did and then this year sean mcdermott is also the same guy that comes out and says we don't have enough explosive plays and i don't know why you guys think that i want to run the football i want to throw the football so i'm not necessarily sure who the head coach is or what he believes or wants to do (laughs) Um, but yeah, who are you and what do you actually believe in? Right, exactly. So yeah. it's just funny coming out of the Super Bowl and seeing how mad fans are. I get it, and I get not being down with the fact that the Chiefs won again. And I, I understand like the whole thing of we thought someone would retire if they won, and now they're talking about a three peat. But someone has to cut these guys down. But as a content creator and a guy that does post-game work, or guys that, that do post-game work like you do, like I do, like I put myself in the position, if the Bills go to the Super Bowl and lose, what is the conversation I'm having? It's a good game. We got to the Super Bowl. We did it, right? Blah, 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 blah. Unless the wheels come off. And it's a billsy loss, right? Then it's, it's it, wait, wait, if like it's Super the, uh, Bowl twenty seven, right? If it's right. the first Cowboys Bills Super right. Bowl, it's where just, you're like, oh, Leon Lett was the highlight of the <laughs> right, right. It, well, it wasn't Leon. It was actually Don Beebe. Was Don the, Beebe was the highlight of the game. But the Leon Lett play will always be the highlight of that game. But there's an aspect. I mean, and that's the hard part about being a Bills fan. We're uh, uh, sidebar, sorry, but like in every game we play, like we go into it going, please don't. Have a billsy loss, like please don't invent a way to lose a football game. Please don't. Which the Chiefs don't have that weight. They don't have that weight. They they don't live with that weight. Also, the NFL doesn't allow them to. It's interesting that you could point to a thousand things. The officiating choices leading up to, like the fact that they put Sean Hockley in our game here. We were all at the game against the Chiefs for the playoffs. I sit on the visitor sideline, 313. I'm on the 27-yard line. The play happened basically at my 2 o'clock. The play happens. There's a pass breakup by the defense, and the crowd goes like cheers. There's a, a pass breakup. They it's wait great. Hang a on a second. And, and the defensive backs look to the to one side. They look to the other. They begin to celebrate. It's a four count. Pat Mahomes points his finger and the ref throws a flag. After four counts. It's like what 
And that's when, like, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the last time I've heard booze that loud in that stadium. Like, it's, it was a four count. It was, it wasn't like immediate. Like, there's the flag. It was a four count. Like, literally, we were all like, "Oh, the play's over. That was a good defensive play." Oh, and flag. <laughs> like, what are we talking about right now? To your point, like, there's, there's just things that they get. And the funny part is, we lived in a time when Josh Allen would do the same thing. We lived in a time where if there was offsides, Josh Allen would point and say, hey, that guy was offsides, and he'd get a flag. He doesn't do that anymore. Or Anybody when he had knows? a horse collar against Philadelphia right in front of Sean Hockley. Well, that's and Sean Hockley official. And this is where you go. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see anything. And we talk yeah. about how we can aggregate referee stats. Yeah. And yeah. yet the NFL claims, like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're willfully ignorant. Of that. I think I, I think I tweeted the re, the officials, NFL officials, more this year than I ever have in my life. And I feel like it's drained a certain amount of our enthusiasm. I, I actually have had them respond to me before, reply to me on Twitter. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, like two years ago, I had them reply to me, letting me know that like whatever the play was, I was showing that it actually was a legitimate non call, and I was like, "You're out of your mind." Well, like, I'd be like, "Well, you're still dumb. You're st- right, right." I still I still don't respect you. Right, for sure. If we want to wrap this thing up, Chris, if you want to go to our Twitter DM, our Twitter book, Twitter bookmarks, Jesus Christ, my tongue's not working. Sorry. I don't, think, the Lord it, I don't, think, I don't think it's his fault. It's not his fault that my tongue is not working. It's not his fault. That you it's have, Chris's you guys, fault. It's not his fault you have seven beers and two old fashions. It wasn't seven. It was four. All right? It wasn't seven. It was I'm just, four. I'm just kidding. It's, no, your, it's your mouth. It it's don't nice. matter. So there we go. Right there. The uh, Built for Buffalo. Scroll up. Click that built picture. in Buffalo or built for oh built, built for Buffalo for Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an image here that was released today. Oh, I didn't see this. Yeah, that they're now talking about what the stadium might look like from a coverage perspective. Now, wait, what? Yeah, take a look at that, Joe. Put that in your eyeballs for the first time. This. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm seeing pictures of people. That was a picture of me and my wife up there. Yeah, we got to have something for uh, the YouTube thumbnail. Oh, gotcha, He's gotcha. going to put you in the... Hey, listen, she's gorgeous. She'll probably get us clicks. Look, I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> my wife lucky. is My wife is nine years younger than me. I was 27. She was 18 when we got married. Hey, listen, we all we, we no. all here are punching see, above our weight out, class. Outkicked. Uh, see, I had to take her out. I had to use your pretty face. Oh, it's definitely not pretty, but yeah. 64% of the, so so this is the concern that I have because I'm a row one guy so I'm a seat snob um as as it pertains to season ticket holders and I have a lot of friends who are seat snobs but they want to be in like row one or row two where they can basically see the outline of the players penises like yeah. which is I'm not interested in I'm I, I want to I want to see the field yes I want to be able to see right so I have forever hell I've had multiple opportunities over the last 13 years of being a ticket holder to move my seats right we've never moved Right. Because I watch enough football on TV at home. Right. I rewatch the game at home on the sideline broadcast. I get the all 22 if I want it. Right. Because you right. just have that. So when I watch the game at the stadium, I want to be able to see the game unfold. Yeah. I want to be able to see the guys come down the tunnel. So where I sit on the scoreboard side, I get to see the, the run out as everybody's coming out of the tunnel from the like yeah, yeah, all yeah. 22 yeah, angle. Yeah, yeah. I also get to watch the way the offensive line blocks. I get to watch when sacks happen. Where the does L22, it come from? The all twenty-two view. The problem that I have with where you sit is like when they're on the, on the, side of the other side of the field, like you can't see anything. So for me, where I sit, I can see the entire game, the entire time. So mm-hmm. the the first time that I didn't sit in these seats was the Colts playoff game during the COVID year. I, because of my seniority, we got in for the Colts game. I was uh, Bill's Bill sideline. Probably on the 45, there's no seats on the 50. So if anybody ever says they have seats on the 50 at the stadium, they're lying because there's an aisle on the 50. But we were on the 45-yard line-ish, about 33 rows up. Me and Jay Spencer King were sitting there. I was watching the screens the whole game because I couldn't see the field because the players were blocking the sideline. Yep, I'm up above everything, but on row one. So I'm not like in the nosebleeds. So like literally when I can see the sidelines, I can see if it's a first down. I can see if he's out of bounds. Like for me, if a guy's running on the sidelines and stepping out of bounds, I can see it. I can see everything mm-hmm. versus being we sat. I went with uh, uh, Ant from Poncho's Army uh, and a bunch of guys to the uh, the Commanders Bills game this past year. And we were like, like row one, like down in these like special like seats where you sit like and the player like I'm standing from me to you away from like the Bills players. <laughs> 
I couldn't see a damn thing. No. Like, I'm, like down, I'm down there like, this is great, but I can't see anything. Chris, it's like being in a hockey game when you're on the glass. Yes. Behind the bench. Right. You can't see any. You can't see anything yeah. along the board. You don't do that. Well, hang so on. All, you don't get those seats because you want to see the game, though, right? Right. All this to say that, or to say all that to say this, rather, is like my concern is, is if I'm like buying into a row one seat on a level two, three situation, am I going to get rained on? And And so this is where people have started to complain. Because they said, whoa, I heard it was going to be 80% coverage. It was, yeah, 78 to 80% coverage is right. Now they've scaled that back and they say 64%. Why don't they just dome the damn thing? And this is the problem. <laughs> they go, well, cost overruns and things. We couldn't do this. It's tin. It's B-Deck. It, do you well, know what B-Deck is? Yes. It's tin. It's like this isn't, co- this isn't cost overruns. <laughs> I know. It's, it's this thing of... Hey, well, we'll shrink that, and the things that we sold you at the beginning, we're going to scale back. Do you want to get me on this soapbox? Have you never listened to my show? Do you oh, want to get me on this show? Wait, this so, soapbox? so, so, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your show <laughs> and what you're all about? I don't think I want to. Like literally, <laughs> I'm not a Patriots fan, but if you drive your butt to Patriot Place, like in 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 Foxborough, and see what they've built there with a stadium and a hospital and malls and restaurants and all this stuff around it, it's unbelievable. Meanwhile, if you went to the London game, you saw Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and it was beautiful, but it was in the middle of this like weird spot. Like It's like, why is there a gigantic thing? And we're about to get the same thing in the middle of Orchard Park. The new stadium, the lights, the, the lights for the field of the current stadium are 150 feet. That's mm-hmm. how tall they are. The new stadium is going to be 300 feet tall. It's going to be twice as high as the lights in the middle of a field in Orchard Park with nothing around it. Meanwhile, the McKinley Mall is about to die. Imagine if you put hotels on that property and ran shuttles to the stadium every Sunday. If they And then they dome the damn thing. Like, do you want to get me talking about this? <laughs> and Mark Polencars, your county executive, is like, you should just be lucky we're giving you a stadium. Well, I'm, I actually ran into Mark Polencars. Did you punch him? No. You should have. No, I had a funny conversation with him. I bumped was it into about him. hockey during COVID? I bumped into him at Chestnut Ridge two weekends ago okay. during their Winterfest yeah. thing. Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's like, oh, it's Winterfest. And Mark Polencars is here and he's going to oh, talk dude. to everybody. And so I bumped into him and I go, hey, I know your brother. I tailgate with him. And he goes, well, thank you because he's a lot. And I go, in my head, I go, I like him. <laughs> I like your brother who you think is a lot more than you. And also, I know that if I text my friends and go, hey, I just I just met Mark Polencars, they would have the exact same question you did. Hey, did you accost him? Did you yell at him? It's that thing of guys, this take a look at the graphic that's on our YouTube. I can't you believe go watch it. that I haven't seen this picture. What I'm looking at here The whole when, lower bowl is uncovered. And so this is where they're trying to sell that as pre- what concerns me is they're trying to sell that as premium seating. They've talked about how they're going to move the, the the club seats and the, the the premium seats like the Jets like 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 uh, MetLife Field yeah. to the lower bowl yeah between the uh, between the thirties right which is fine if you're going to give them some reason to show up but then mm. you're going to tell me that as a as a cheapskate I can stay in the upper bowl. And still be undercover, potentially with heaters, and you guys are going to be the ones who suffer? I don't think you're going to sell that. I don't think that the ideology behind the design of this thing is lining up with how they anticipated they would sell it. The irony in the whole situation... I'm seeing this unfold, and I'm already seeing a lot of conflict. The irony in all of this, for me personally, and people can take this however they want to take it. So my tickets go back to 76. My grandfather bought them. Joe Miller Sr., my dad had them, Joe Miller Jr., I'm Joe Miller III, so they're still in my name, whatever. And my grandpa actually bought it a second time, so he had them when the bills came to Buffalo. And his uncle wrote a book. And my uncle wrote a book. And if you don't read it, it's called Rockin' the Rock Pile. It was actually (laughs) our first Twitter AVI. Yes. And if you don't go read it, I'll be highly disappointed in you because you'll learn a lot about what the Bills used to be. Yeah, he's he's written several books, but uh, about the Buffalo Bills, one with Marv Levy. But anyways, all that to say this: so my my grandfather bought in when 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 Ralph founded the, founded the Bills and then got out in like seventy two, bought back in in seventy six. And there's a great deal. Like I have the money now to actually afford the personal seat license, like and all that kind yeah. of the privacy license. Like, and there's an aspect of like if this isn't done right, I might be out. It's it's hard to not, swallow. I'm not out because of the money. I'm out because I just I don't know. It's 
it's Chris, when you look at this, it's hard to swallow how it keeps changing and you try to en- envision where we're going to be. Yeah, I'll, I don't care. I'm buying in. <laughs> With that haircut, how could he not be? I mean, I don't there's so there's so so I've I've always been a proponent of I like the idea of 75 to 78% of the of the seats covered and keeping it open air because I think that it does provide some what of an advantage when you're playing a dome team like Atlanta yes. in, the, in December and January. When Dallas comes here and we just run. Right, but protect the fans. 70, 78 to 80% of covered covered seats is protecting the fans from the rain, from yeah. the wind, from the snow. Like, I don't have a problem being there and being out in the elements necessarily, but, like, I don't want to get rained on, right? I've, I mean, been, I've been through every calamity the Bills can throw at me. I've been there for it. I've refused to leave because of inclement weather. I was the last person. It was the la- I was the last person in the 200 section when LaShawn McCoy broke through the line and scored during that Colts game. Oh, the Colts game, back yeah. in 2017. Well, all, all I was the last were, person in the section. All of your friends would tell you they were still there. They, they, of like, course it's, they it's, will. It's, it's the Oilers game. Everybody in Buffalo was at the Oilers game. It was me and the usher <laughs> who just just a week or two before that when right, uh, right, when right. Gronk elbowed uh, uh, Trey elbowed Trey. Yep. I left the game. Early, I didn't get to see the elbow because early in the game, there was a drunk Patriots fan who just looked at me and went, you know why you're never going to win? It's because your quarterback is insert racial expletive here. And I was like, well, I got to go. And I stood up and everyone's like, where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm going to fight him to death. Right. If If I have to sit here. Celebrity death match. I don't have... I've drank too much during the tailgate yep, to yep. sit here and listen to this, so I gotta leave now. And then I'm leaving, and as I walk by, there's the usher, who's an African American, and I go, "Hey, just so you know, your boy over there." <laughs> That's what he had to say. Yikes! And now I'm leaving. Yikes! And so he's the usher, and it's just me and him hanging out, celebrating, hugging as Lashawn McCoy breaks the plane, running at you, running towards you. Yep, yep. It's it's this thing of, but here's I look at this. I question. I question the design of this. Like, what is that box up there? What is that well, thing? Well, the box is the suites. The box is the press box. But what I what I appreciate, and I'm not saying that last you, row fifty four feet closer to the field is important. Yeah, for sure. And what I appreciate about this picture, and I'm not saying that you're not a creative, but Chris, being a skinny jean guy, uh, <laughs> and wears a lot of black like I do, but I wear skinny jeans. I hate you like, both. I, I, can, I hate you both so much. I can appreciate how creatively confusing they made this graphic look for people who don't have very good uh perceptual ability as it pertains to the seats the blues over the reds or the reds over the blues like and what's going on and yeah like this is a very like what am i looking at here like if you just at kind of first blush no it is it's interesting how they chose somebody the somebody spent some time on this graphic as simple as it is chris are you put off at all by any of this no of none course. none whatsoever it's hmm. i don't have i'm not going to have a a problem with the I will not have a problem with the stadium until I'm in the stadium and I physically see something that I have a problem with. Well, the it might be McDermott on the field. <laughs> that might be one of them. I can tell you. I can tell you from London, the inside of the stadium is going to be gorgeous. So right, so it's going to be based like even when 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 we saw the renderings. Literally, when I walked in, being a creative, photographic memory ish. Walking into to, to, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it was like, oh my, like this is the rendering, like the way that the way the sidewalls came down and had the logo on the sidewall. It was like very much, oh my gosh, this is the rendering I saw. So the stadium is going to be aesthetically pleasing, but to me, there's a great deal of like I'm old sense that it doesn't make as it pertains to what's around it. You're putting yes. another stadium in the middle of nowhere. This idea that like, well, you know, it's only used eight times a year. And it's like, oh, really? Because Luke Combs is coming here April 19th and 20th in almost snow weather to play concerts in the outdoors. Like it can be used if you put some thought behind it. Like we, it's, it's almost, don't. <laughs> and that's where we, no all one die. would go. That energy right there is where no we one all would die. Go see Luke Combs. You, Although if there you, was a pillar I'll, reunion I'm go, I, concert, I'm going to be. I'm going to be in. We have very good seats for the Luke Combs concert. Um, it, you're, you're talking about. No you're going. talking He's about going. a city with the the least developed waterfront in the entire country. 
But Drew, it snows in Buffalo. Oh yeah, well it snows in Baltimore, it snows in Toronto, it snows in Chicago, it snows in Detroit, it snows in every city in the north that has a waterfront. But in Buffalo, it snows, so we can't have a developed waterfront. Do you know? I put a boat. I bought a boat and I bought a slip at Rich's Marine in the river. There are two restaurants in all of the river that you can take your boat to. Two of them. One is Mississippi Muds, and another one is, I don't know what it's called, right yeah. down the, like, a, like a half a block away from Mississippi Muds. Yeah. So if you've got a boat, whether it's a pontoon boat or a John boat, all the way up to a gigantic yacht, the only place you can go on the river to eat is Mississippi Muds. You because- can also try to pull up and do, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Bu- it used to be Shanghai Reds. I got married there. Jesus Christ, Templeton Landing. Yeah, I don't think that exists anymore. I don't know. Like, Charlie's is, is gone. Dead? Like, yeah, all, all, like everything's <laughs> gone. Like, you're talking about the... Every city in the country, around the world, people move to the water, except for this one. They move to Clarence. Why uh, is Clarence better than living on the water? It's brutal. It's but not it's, brutal. But it's a reality. It's not brutal. It's a reality of where we live, Joe. Really? So how, now, is it any different than, how is it any different than Detroit or Chicago? This rendering brings, I think, more questions than answers. And that's why I love it. That's why I love that we got to talk through it, especially with you. <laughs> especially with you because you're very opinionated about the topic. I can't wait to hear your feelings on it as more of this comes out over the course of the summer as we approach PSL time. Because, Chris, I just got I just got the email wait, from our ticket rep. I got a ticket rep today. email today. Say we're looking forward to next year. Yeah. I can't wait to be talking to you about potential PSL costs. And what did yours say? Pressing, well, listen, we're going to get into that in a future podcast, but for tonight, we got to get out of here. Who's your rep? Mine's Nick Ferracci. Mine is Zach Richards. Okay. Yeah. And Zach, Zach doesn't like me. <laughs> Zach doesn't like me because he knows he can't get away from me. There was a period of time where Zach went off the grid. Okay. Wasn't answering emails, wasn't answering phone calls to the ticket office. Now, having a background in collections and skip tracing Same. and everything else. Same. You just called I him at home? I did it for him. GE Capital. I found him. Yeah? <laughs> I called him at home. <laughs> and he was just like, what do you want? <laughs> I am off the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're ignoring me. And I need you to know that I'm everywhere. I'm like the nice. wind. Nice. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. Obviously, Joe's going to have a lot to say over the course of the summer about the new stadium as the renderings get more robust, as more PSL stuff comes out, as more stuff about the the Bills off-season plans come out. Where can everybody find your work? I don't know that they want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that they want to. <laughs> like, yeah, right? So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. I'm currently a part of Buffalo Rumblings. But if you want content for me for the off season and leading into next season, wherever you look for podcast, video content, whatever, overreaction, Buffalo, just find it, subscribe, like it, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, it's great to be here. It's always great to be here and have good cocktails. Cocktails, good times, a lot of laughs. Yeah, for sure. That's it. That's all you need. Isn't that all you need in life? I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> so am I. Right. Oh, I, I don't I'm know. happy to have you here. Me and me I'm Drew here. That's Chris Krueger. That's Joe Miller. And this has been your Rock Power. Go Bills. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.